Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. everybody welcome to a very special episode of the nomad strength show today is episode 100 which is kind of just crazy to me to even think about and it also coincides uh with tomorrow you know which would be the 8th this is being released on march 7th tomorrow being the one year anniversary of the first episode so we've been i mean we cranked out 100 episodes in almost exactly a year which is kind of mind-blowing uh, but very awesome. And I'm, man, I'm, I'm super excited about what this next year and everything after that is going to bring. But this episode today, we're going to do something a little different than what we usually do. Uh, I, we did a, a compilation episode at the end of the year, but that one was, you know, what were my favorite clips of the year? This one is going to be based solely on the most downloaded episodes of the first 100. And what we did was take a little bit longer clips from these ones that were some of the, the best stories or the best clips of them and uh, of the top three most downloaded. And we're putting them into uh, ascending order, three, two, one, in that order. So you guys can get to uh, re-listen or listen maybe for the first time for some of these clips uh, that were happening you know, pretty early on uh, in the podcast last spring and summer where, when a couple of these were. So uh, maybe you hadn't heard these before and that would give you a great opportunity to go listen to the rest of these episodes because there are some massive nuggets of information and and practical things that you guys can take away, which is why they're probably the most downloaded episodes that we've got. So uh, the other thing that I wanted to bring into your attention with this final episode, final episode, with this episode, this is far from the final episode, by the way, uh, with this episode is the, we're calling it the 100th Nomad Strength Show Giveaway. And uh, this was something that I'm really pumped about being able to put together for you guys because what I wanted to do was, again, highlight some of the people who were 
kind enough to take their time and come on the show, especially, you know, some of them are very early on uh, that I didn't imagine I'd, I would have had the uh, reach in a show to get a handful of these people, uh, but they were super gracious with their time. And so we have 10 things that were contributed to this giveaway by people who have all appeared on the show before. And uh, it's it's super special giveaway. I'm, I'm very excited about it. And so I'll, I'll read these off. The way that this is going to work is there is a link that will be in the show notes. It'll also be on the main Instagram page and it'll be on the Facebook page, which I will also link in the show notes. Uh, there are uh, several different ways that you can get entries into this giveaway. We're going to run it for one week. And whoever, uh, you know, if you have the most entries, uh, you obviously have the best chances. It's not based on entries, but you've got better odds of winning if you've got all of the entries possible. Uh, and then one person is going to get all of this stuff, which is insane. So uh, I'm just going to list it off just so you guys have an idea of how cool this giveaway is going to be. Um, first, the first two are actually two of the our two sponsors for the show, Wild Rivers Coffee Company, uh, Marshall Seedorf was episode three on the podcast. So one, I mean, one of the OGs of the show, uh, they are going to throw in a, a bag of their signature roast coffee, which is honestly like my favorite whole bean coffee on the planet right now. And they're also throwing in a French press, a 34 ounce French press. That's coming from Wild Rivers, uh, Right on Optics, which was one of which was our first sponsor. They're throwing in a pistol red dot uh, sight, so you guys can have a red dot from Right on on your handgun on your pistol. Uh, which I was I was blown away that they wanted to donate that. Uh, Stealthy Nutrition, which is Ryan Lampers and his wife Hillary's supplement company, they're donating an inflammation stack, which has uh, CBD, uh, krill oil, and a couple of other things in there from their nutrition company. Amazingly high quality stuff. Sorenex, which I've had Brandon Lilly and Bert Soren on in the past, are donating a, a a big swag bag of shirts and hats and a I think a banner also in there. All Sorenex branded stuff. Uh, Rob, the grounded athlete, is throwing in a pair of his grounding sandals, which that is a killer, uh, killer donation into this thing. Uh, Andy Mokel, also known as the flip flop guy, is doing a three pack sample pack of his sauce, the flip flop sauce. Uh, we have Wolf Brigade donating some some swag and uh, some apparel from from their shop. Uh, Greg Walsh, who is also going to make an appearance on this episode, uh, was extremely generous to do that. We have Montana Knife Company putting together a little pack, um, sweatshirt, hat, lighter, a uh, couple of other things in there. Casey from Tactic Calories is do doing a gift card for uh, the best seasonings and all of that on the market. And I'm not even kidding. And then finally, we have a signed book coming from Mr. Jack Carr himself. So uh, I was really pumped about that one. So that's 10 different killer things that are all part of this giveaway. One person's going to win all of it. And uh, you can go check the show notes for the links on how to enter, do all that stuff. We're going to run this for one week uh, for episode 100. So next week, I will make the announcement on the socials who won and then you're going to get a boatload of dope stuff so thank you guys for being a part of this thing for this whole first year we are just getting started there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline that i am super excited about some extremely awesome guests probably a couple of repeats of some of these people because uh i've i need to catch up with them and there a lot of them are working on new things since last time we talked so again just thank you for uh helping grow the show and just listening and and helping me have a reason to do some of this stuff, which is great. So uh, 
I also want to make a point here to thank my man, Derek, who uh, he's the one who makes this sound as good as it does. And many of you have told me it sounds really good. So that just so you know, it has absolutely nothing to do with me. Uh, my buddy Derek Seppi is the one who produces and edits this whole thing. So uh, big shout out to him. It sounds great. And we are just getting started with all this stuff again. So thank you guys. And thanks to Derek. It's going to be a good old ride coming up. So let's dive in to this episode. Number three on the list of most downloaded episodes is Josh Goldstein. And uh, we interviewed Josh last, I want to say it was last June. So if you're going back to find when this episode was, it was in June that we posted this episode. Um, Josh has, it's titled Raw Primal Lifestyle. And Josh had a had still to this day has an extremely uh, different take on health than a lot of people that you're going to hear from the mainstream, which I view as a very good thing. Uh, and in this clip that I'm going to play today, we're talking specifically about how technology and and he even goes so far as to say things like the industrial revolution uh, may have not been as beneficial for us as we think. And he explains very clearly why he believes that's the case. So uh, enjoy this clip. Go back and listen to the whole episode. There's a lot of great stuff in that one too. So here is the first clip with Josh Goldstein. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like every day that, that, that comes, I kind of get more and more closer to being like uh, in uh, supporter of like Ted Kaczynski, where it's like, dude, he's, he was right. Like the industrial revolution was a mistake. <laughs> and, and like people go like, I mean, how can you say that it's done this, 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 and this? And it's like, okay, look, let's go back a couple thousand years. Let's say you're living in a little tribe somewhere in the woods or on an island somewhere. Like there's there's a good chance that there's a there's a potential for things like tribal warfare right. and uh, attack from some dangerous animal, but that wasn't like that wasn't every day, right? And for a, a large part of your those lives were just like hanging out and 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 loving each other and having a great time and and uh, yeah, there's like there's hunting and there's like building your shelter, um, but. I would I would wager to guess that those people enjoyed their lives far more than we enjoy our lives now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the meaning that those people had is is far greater than the meaning that we have now. And I think that yes, like look, we can't undo what we've done, but we can use the benefits of modern technology to help get us back to maybe where we're supposed to, where we would thrive more. We can never like. I don't if you're familiar with the meme, we can never fully return to monkey, but <laughs> but but we can return to something. Um, so, you know, I, I'm kind of in this camp where I, I think that we need to try to to reconnect with the ancestral knowledge, the stuff that goes back thousands, millions of years, the stuff that's deep in our bones. You take that and then take the traditional customs, the things that look more that came from 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 more solidified culture and civilization, right? Things that happened probably in the last, uh, you know, couple thousand, couple hundred years, right? Looking at, at different cultures like, like uh, the, the Greeks and the Romans and the Egyptians and, mm-hmm. and um, where, where they discovered things that were simpler as far as what we consider to be technology, but they were more, they were more natural and they, and they were more in line with kind of how we're supposed to be. Right. And then take that, focus on those things and then just bridge that with the modern technology. Right. You know, okay, 
I can skin an animal a lot easier if I have a knife. So I'm, I'm going to use a knife, but I don't have to use some like jagged rock kind of thing. Right. Um, but understand like how to use that stuff in a way that serves us and doesn't hurt us, right? Like if the thing that I'm using as a tool creates a level of toxicity, then now that's, that's kind of, is that helping us or is that hurting us, right? Like if the, if the materials that I'm using to make my life easier are, are, you know, are made with plastic and have all these xenoestrogens, well, now I'm, now I'm creating a lot of damage. So maybe it's in my best interest to try to find something or make something that isn't made of plastic, but is made out of wood or, or metal or glass or something else. Um, it, it's, it's to under, use our modern understanding, understanding to actually look at what, what was and what is and be able to, to differentiate between what serves us and, and what doesn't. The, and the vastness of a lot of those things that we are exposed to now in terms of chemicals and all of those things that like the, the vast majority of people, we don't even have like a comprehensive understanding of how much stuff that actually is. No, you know, it's everything. It's, 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 it's in literally every thing that we can see and touch essentially in some level. I mean, like, unless you're, like you're saying, make a specific point to remove that stuff from your immediate environment. Like it's, it's everything, the air we breathe. And like the perfect example of you moving out of LA area and then going up to the mountains of Utah, like that's the perfect example of the two differences between those. I mean, like, just think about the quality of the air. And that's the only example we're using between where you were and where you are now. I mean, it's night and day different. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is that like, that makes it, it's a difference for sure. Even then, like when you're in LA, you can see this huge level of smog over the whole mm-hmm. city, right? From my house in the mountains, when I drive into town, I can see that little, a little cloud like a little smog cloud over the, over downtown. And it, oh, don't get me wrong, it's much better than, right. than LA. It's still there. Right. And because our world is this whole thing, you, you cannot fully remove yourself from the rest of it. It'll affect you. It's just less than. So if we, right. if I, if I picked up and went to the most remote location on the whole planet, the place that was like the, the furthest distance away from the nearest, you know, industrialized city Mm -hmm. civilization i still couldn't be fully removed from it and also not realizing that like our water supplies are tainted our oceans are tainted and then that means that the clouds become tainted which means all the rainwater is also tainted (laughs) and that's kind of one of those things where it's like look we we can never escape the damage that's been done um and we're we can't undo it um, we can try to move forward in a better way, but I don't think that anything that has the power to do that on a wide scale is going to do that. Mm-hmm. So we just have to make the best that we can. All right. So number two on the list, it was actually one of the more recent uh, podcasts we've done, which is kind of crazy that uh, it's been within maybe the last like six weeks, uh, maybe a little bit more than that, yeah, I think it's been about six weeks. And uh, it's already climbed to number two all time on the download list, which is pretty rad. Uh, this one is with Akira Van Egmond, who, uh, if you guys know him on Instagram, he goes by The Quiet Conqueror. Uh, we talked all kinds of kettlebells in this episode, which you guys know that was that was my chance to nerd out on some kettlebell stuff with him. And he has such a cool approach to training and it's been fun to follow him, I think for a little over a year now since I did. And uh, he just had such cool 
insight into training and such a cool perspective on moving your body and becoming strong and understanding the implement of the kettlebell that I wanted to highlight uh, a really cool section of this episode, specifically talking about, you know, if someone is a beginner, there can be so many things to overwhelm. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/waypoint. You, as you start with thinking you need the right plan, the right stuff, and his approach talking about how do you prioritize what movements to use to build up to be able to do other things uh, was a really cool perspective. So this clip is uh, highlighting a bit of that. And let's dive in. This is number two on the list of most downloaded of the first 100, Akira Van Eggman. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't have said it better. I, I think... Part of that challenge is, is if you don't have a, a base of, of much and then you see, you know, the kettlebell flow, you know, going from one exercise to the next seamlessly right. and it, you know, it makes it seem like, oh, this is what you should be doing with this. And it's cool because like and somehow when you grab a dumbbell, you want to do the same thing 10 times in a row and somehow with a kettlebell, you want to switch it. And you can kind of, I've, I've done, I've gone to gyms and just do my kettlebell stuff with a dumbbell and in the same way with the same structure of a couple rows and a clean and a press. And you don't have to, it's, it's like, it's not that different. You know what I mean? Right. Like you, you have the weight and the handles above it. So that changes things depending on how you grab it as well. Right. You know, you're going bottoms up. You can grab it from the bell itself. You can, you can grab it by the horn. So again, it just comes to like, get to know it master a couple basics like deadlift if I, if I give people advice it's like deadlift in a row mm-hmm. figure that out right really figure out the posterior chain figure out the lat how that's engaged keeping it mm-hmm. tight keeping the elbows close to you and then then if you can get into a clean and a rack the rack is like spend six months with a rack you know what I mean? A minimum. Really understand where that leverage is because there's a lot going on there. So where in the beginning, I was always kind of this elbow high and then even trying to be too upright and everything depends on what you're trying to do from it. But my pressing got up a lot by just really, really getting better at the rack. I was mm-hmm. in the beginning, maybe just really like clean and then just go into pressing. And then I just started really just spending time, whether it's squatting in the rack or, or 
you know, just holding it, positioning, yeah. holding it up, bottoms up for a while. And that added the stability to the base to where now my shoulder feels a lot healthier. I can really fire with power. And again, the transfer of energy, because I was always somewhat upper body strong and, and able to quickly do things, you know, like the first time I ever saw someone do the human flag thing, I was like, I tried it and I can kind of do it. If I look mm-hmm. back, I'm like, oh, that's awful. <laughs> I wasn't breathing and it looked bad, but I can manage yeah. it, right? But it's not, it, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that like certain things will come easy to whoever, but yeah. that transfer of power thing to me was something that was was missing. And that's what I'm really trying to identify with. And I think that's why even the rows are so good because you can you can do a lot of weight um, and it's not necessarily like a tremendous effort in terms of like the nervous system. You're just mm. relying on leverages, right? You're leaning into it and you're just relying on leverages. And I think it allows you to accumulate a lot of work with a lot of weight at a lot of volume without killing yourself, but you're just building this really, really solid base. So then if you, you know, deadlift, row, add the clean. And then once you get the clean now, boom, the, the possibilities are endless, right? In terms of yeah. pressing, in terms of squatting, in terms of lunging. Um, and then, yeah, you want to start flipping and swinging and all that. That's another thing is I think the swing is a big complication for people because there's yeah. a little bit of trying to figure out that timing. Um, and I think people tend to just go too light, you know? Absolutely. So you really like allow your... Because it's... Man, you can... If, if I take my heaviest uh, kettlebell and I can think of what I can do with it, a swing is always one of them. You know what I mean? It's like you can yeah. do a lot with a swing if you know what you're doing. But if you're doing it too light, you always see like the, the body lean is out there. It starts to reach. It starts to do it. And like, I remember even looking at people's technique and people short arming and doing different things and trying to kind of convey what you should be doing with a swing. And I'm like, you got to feel it and yeah. maybe change. You know, I've seen people do it with like grabbing um, a rope and and having like that extra, you know, to, to help. Make the lever a little bit longer. Exactly. Just yeah. really understand this. It's a pendulum, you know, you're just, you're rocking these forces and it should just be kind of like, you know, there's, you can obviously have an explosive strong swing, but, but there's something to just having a real chill, relaxed swing that, that helps you kind of see like, oh, when do I need to pop? And that's, that's the, um, the flips really tell you like, oh, this is when I need to apply the force, right? And I think that's, yeah. if we're talking about any real difference when you're getting to the, your past, I've put in six months or 12 months of, of just doing the work and now I'm trying to figure things out. We're talking about the swings and, and how it's maybe different from a, from a dumbbell is, is you, you really get to understand this timing of, of relax and, and tense and like when to have those moments of tension. And it's like throwing a punch or throwing a football, you know, like you, you, you have these, these little sparks. And if you time it right, boom, it translates and you can see it and you can feel it. Um, and, and for me, someone who is either like real relaxed and doing my fluid stuff or like grinding with way too much intensity, it really helped me again, bridge, bridge some gaps where I can be a little bit more loose and flowy, but still be able to apply some, some actual power. And it's cool, man. It's, it's, you know, again, it's bringing a lot of things, a lot of puzzle pieces together that are now starting to connect and make sense. And finally on the list, number one, most downloaded episode of the first 100. And honestly, guys, this is not even close uh, in terms of download numbers. Uh, This episode, I think, has something like, I want to say 32% more 
downloads than the second place one, which is which is just awesome. And it goes to show how great uh, Greg's audience is when he puts out stuff, they flock to it. And it was really cool to have to hear uh, a different story from him than uh, than I'd heard before. in you know, the year and a half, a little bit over that, that I've known of him and known him. And so it was really cool to dive into a lot of these other things coming from his background in the hardcore scene and the BMX scene. And uh, that's where we're taking this clip of this episode. Uh, it was one of my favorite stories told of the whole year. And it's just hilarious and awesome. And it really kind of encapsulates the whole BMX scene. And it really does portray, or not even portray, but it gives you a good insight into uh, Greg's mind and how he kind of operates and the and the scene that he comes from. He, the, he tells this story about an awesome BMX video that was made uh, a couple decades ago and the mindset of the guys at that time to do the things that they were doing on video and what it took. And it just makes a lot of sense when you see Greg and uh, know that that's where he came from. So this was a great story. And again, before we dive in, I just want to say thank you guys for listening uh, for all of these episodes. We've had some people that have listened to every one of them. Uh, and I know that because they've told me and that just kind of blows my mind that you spend so much time listening to my voice all the time. But uh, thank you again. It means the world. And we're going to Again, this is, we're just at the start of this thing. So enjoy this final clip. This is from the most downloaded show of the first 100 with Greg Walsh of Wolf Brigade Gym. Uh, enjoy. Something that was was so recently as maybe 15 years ago, revolutionary, 20 years ago, unheard of, mm-hmm. is is now, it's now the warm-up run. Yeah. And, and man, that's, it's, it, it's, it's failure-based, but... I also believe it's also it's also just perception based. Um, a, a, a really interesting thing that that happened when the first Tony Hawk, like pro skater game came out, and then subsequently like Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX came yeah. out, is that is that right around that same time the concept of how high people could bunny hop changed like almost overnight. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, to us, and we've joked about it before is, is a lot of it was just like, yeah, if I can make this little bike go that high with one little button, like, why can't I just jump my bike on <laughs> I that? I just do it in you real know? life. <laughs> and, and, and so now, now it's interesting because, you know, a, um, a handlebar height bunny hop was always this kind of holy grail. Uh, you bunny hop a traffic cone, things like that. Those were these holy grails. Um, and now, I mean, and now, of course, it's like people people just do that. It's yeah. like it's like just normal. It's like a normal everyday occurrence. Yeah. And the, fascinating. The, the, but the mentality of that is what is so cool to me, because going into and being in that world, like it's it's like baseball, where you know if you if you're successful thirty percent of the time, you're a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Like in, 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 in baseball, but like in this too, I mean, failure is a part of it. It's not like this thing that people are trying to move away from, you know, like in so many other ways, people are like bummed out if they don't, if they, if they miss something in every industry, it's like, if I don't hit this, like, damn. And they, they let it hit them emotionally and mentally, but like, you can't do that if you're in the BMX world. Cause just like, no, that's just, okay. I can't do it that way. Now I got to try and come back or I'll just do it 30 more times until I get it. Like most people don't have that understanding of progress through failure, which I think is the coolest, one of the coolest things about that whole, that whole world. 
Well, BMX is BMX is like baseball. If every game you got hit with the baseball <laughs> bat, <laughs> um, because because you're right, and 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 fa- failure becomes this really profound teacher. Because man, it it just hurts. You know, I mean, it's 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 not like um, it's not like a lot of people listening won't have had injuries. But I mean, if if I were to start going down the list right now. I mean, I'd given myself stitches twice before I was 20 because I didn't have any health insurance and the game was like, let's fix this thing and go back to what we were doing, you know? Um, I mean, both of my fingers have been broken to the point where like, there's no, like, it. but it's, it's, it, it wasn't something at the time you were like, oh, I'm hurt. You were like, oh, I can't ride, you know? So it's, it's, it's exactly what you said, which is, which is you know, a painful learning curve wasn't a deterrent. It was, it was just almost like, um, it was, it was almost just like a fact, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and I, I, I thought about that, but not, not till much more after the fact, um, you know, when, when I mean, I still ride and I still enjoy it and, and, and everything I always will, but it wasn't until after I had stopped riding all the time and trying the hardest possible stuff I could that, that I, that I started thinking about it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if you weren't willing to suffer, you did not advance. And, and that's just the end of the story. Yeah. And, and that's one of those ones, like you said, in that arena specifically, suffering is, I mean, quite literally very physical, right? I mean, there's, a, there's the mental aspect yeah. of like being ticked yeah. off if you can't, like if you continue to fail at something that yeah. begin to wear people down. But like in this, you know, yeah. you're, you're talking about broken bones and like, you know, like legitimate yeah. painful yeah. things that like, you need to be better at this. Otherwise you're just going to die. Like, you know, <laughs> man, I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't let this segment go without telling the story of one of my favorite Do things it. ever. Uh, I got to be a part of building, um, uh, creating what I still believe is one of the top BMX videos ever made called mm-hmm. nowhere fast. Um, when I got to California, um, the, the guy who's making the video, Dave Parrick, was someone I'd looked up to since I was a kid. He, he made the most tremendous videos of that era by long shot, not not even close. Um, I knew through the company that I went out there to work for that we could help him sell the shit out of that video. So we kind of just linked up and, and kicked ass and, and got this thing done. But the riding that he was filming at the time was so bananas and people were so driven to finish their parts for this video Um the risk reward was not even on the table. Like it was, it was like, this is happening. The story is over. Um, this kid, Ralph Sinisi came out from New Jersey, who was in a very similar position to me. Um, uh, relatively unknown, uh, understood what he had on his plate and man just went for it. Did all this crazy stuff. We were, we were at UC Irvine. He was grinding a handrail. He jumped off his bike a little bit early and landed on the handrail below it on the inside of his femur, breaking his femur. So he broke his femur, essentially jumping downstairs onto a railing. His legs swelled up to the point where he couldn't get his underwear off. It looked like he had a small child's head on the inside of his leg. For the next week, I watched him tape his legs shut and take literally 50 ibuprofen a day and finish his video part oh for nowhere fast. Gosh. If, 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 uh, um, I think we've still managed to sneak it. Uh, I don't want to say it, but I'm, I might be able to share that, that I may be, I may be able to share that video with, with your listeners. Um, but if you watch the end of his part, Ralph Sinisi, um, 
anything in the last 60 seconds, maybe 90 seconds of his part was, was filmed with a oh broken femur in California. Um, underneath his pants was duct tape. Uh, and, and, you know, it's so, so that just, that just kind of plays into what, what we were just talking about, which is the fact that, that it just, there was no option on the table. He was, he was, he was out there for his part in a Dave Parrott video and that was happening. And that's the end of the story. And, and th those types of things, I mean, I, I could, I could share many more stories in that way from hardcore and BMX and, and where things either happened or they didn't based on forcing them to happen. And there's no way that that hasn't influenced and informed how I've handled things since, you know, um, if I decide something's going to happen, it's going to fucking happen, man. And yeah. that's it. That's the and end that of it. Is, and that's one of those situations for him where it's like, like you said, this is, this video's a big deal. Like, he's like, I'm not going to let this little, I'm not going to let this little broken femur, like, get in the way of Jeez. me doing this with this guy filming. Him. Like, it was, I mean, that was a thing, you know, like, this is Truly. the moment that all this stuff is Truly. built up to. I'm not going to just blow it because I've, you know, my leg's broken. <laughs> and, I mean, and I mean, honestly, like, like that, that was, that was a pretty prevalent mm -hmm. mindset around that time too. People would really, really go for it. And, and there was, there was a reckless abandon there that, that, that paved the way for, for what we're seeing now, which is, which is a much more technical yeah. reckless abandon, you know? Um, but, but that video in particular was, was really kind of a, a hallmark and a benchmark of, of what could happen at the time. And, and, you know, that everyone in that video just suffered for the craft in, in a way that would be hard to describe to a normal human being. Well, and ended up, like you said, I mean, that makes, the end product that much better. True, you know, truly. With, just truly. in the mindset everybody's going into it with, not necessarily like what happened in it, but people going into it with the concept of, I, it doesn't matter what happens. We're going to do this well, I mean, and we're going to kill it. Every, everyone that's ever watched BMX and skate videos um, knows the ones that you can feel and then also knows the ones that you're just watching, you know, and, and, and that, that's, that's on a short list of ones that you just feel, mm. you know, you, there's just, there's a, there's a weight to it that you just can't really describe. Um, there's, there's a bunch of BMX videos like that. There's a bunch of skate videos like that. There's not that many, you know, mm. 